I am Rico Galliano. I'm Brendan Francis Noonan. Welcome to the Dinner Party Download. And you know, it's August. Mm-hmm. So a lot of folks are escaping to beaches or mountains or binge-watching Netflix in front of their air conditioners. That's mm-hmm. me. And yes, we too have been taking a few days off here and there as well. That's right. So we've aired a few repeats in a row. A uh, policy which was warmly embraced by listeners who sent in emails like this one. Quote, what the f***? What's with the endless repeats from a year and a half ago? Do any of you ever freaking work? Tired of your f***ing repeats? I'm done with you lazy mother Thoughtful. That's nice. That was thoughtful. But look, point taken. And rest assured, we're now hard at work on all new classic DPD episodes we'll be dropping on you in September. Yes. Featuring interviews with folks like Emmy nominee Sterling K. Brown of the show This Is Us, mm. with the band Depeche Mode. Amazing. Might even have some spaghetti donuts in the mix. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm, I've been working so hard. So stay tuned for all that stuff. But for the next couple of weeks... We are going to bring you some equally new, very special episodes. Our staff, the geniuses whose names you hear on our ending credits every week, have been hard at work producing their own Dinner Party Download-related specials. We are calling them the Dinner Party Sandbox Series. Experiment in the sand, play around in the sandbox. That's very clever mm-hmm. of us. That's exactly why we need vacation, by the way. Yeah, right? <laughs> that sort of poor naming. We yep. need to refresh our brain muscles. But look, this whole thing kicks off today with an episode dedicated to and featuring you, our listeners, yeah, it's created and hosted by our producer Krista Ripple and our digital producer Christina Lopez. We'll let them tell you about what's about to happen. Enjoy. Let's do it. Hi, I'm Krista Ripple. I'm Christina Lopez. We help produce the Dinner Party Download, which means we help create all of the show's segments, including fan favorite etiquette. That's right. Each week on the show, we bring in a celebrity like RuPaul or Anthony Bourdain to answer listeners' etiquette questions. Sometimes we even bring in an etiquette expert to provide advice. It's always fun, but we never hear about anything afterwards. We never know if people actually even follow the advice that they get. So for this podcast, we're reaching out to listeners who are fortunate enough. Or maybe unfortunate enough. Yes, good point to get their questions answered on the show, and we're going to find out what happened next. First up is a question that came in for our etiquette experts Lizzie Post and Daniel Post-Senning, the great-great-grandchildren of etiquette expert Emily Post. Mary says, no one covers their mouth when they yawn anymore. Uh, Hold on, hold on. Thank you, Mary, for saying I know, hallelujah, in. Mary. Keep going, Mary, Keep going, Rico. Mary Sorry. has a whole screed I think you'll appreciate, Brendan. She, uh, yeah. she says next, were they raised by wolves? <laughs> Why would anyone want to see the inside of their mouths, their dental work or lack thereof, their adenoids and their dirty tongue? I have no I like Mary. (laughs) I have no interest in their gaping yaw. I feel like I'm the only tight lipped person in a sea of orifices. Whoa. Dr. Freud. That's different visual for you. Is there any polite way to tell these truly offensive humans to cover their mouths? Thank you, Mary, because it's often inappropriate to mention it in the moment. You don't have the standing to tell someone to cover their mouth, but it would be so nice if if we did have the standing to give that direction. So we'll take this moment to remind people everywhere, please. It can just be a little bit foul, a little bit gross of the body, but it's also a social cue. And be aware of both implications and effects on other people. (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) Lizzie and Dan, thank you so much. Obviously, Brendan loved this question. And between that and Mary's amazing writing, we just had to learn more about her. So we called her at her southern Michigan home, where she just wrapped up a weekend of pet sitting, retired dressage horses. (laughs) We're not making that up, folks. 
So when we got Mary on the line, we asked her if public yawners have always been a problem for her. Yes, it has. And I'll tell you, I'm not anal, but this one has just bugged me forever. I think my mother was the only person in the land who ever told their kid to cover their mouth because nobody does. (laughs) Why does it bother you so much? Why does it? I don't know. Just a little glitch. I don't like looking down people's throats. I could never be a dentist. (laughs) (laughs) Did you hear the response from the post cousins when we played this question on the show? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, no. Oh, my gosh. I haven't heard about it. Dan's take was that um, he said that you rarely have the standing, that there's no nice way to correct someone's manners. Right. Um, What can you say? Shut your mouth. I mean, there's no polite way to do that. I mean, that's the question, right? (laughs) Um, So I have someone here with me that might have a few ideas for you. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Okay. Hi, Mary. This is Brendan from the Dinner Party Download. Hi, Brendan. How are you today? Well, first of all, I've been listening in. I was so excited because this is something that bothers me tremendously. Oh, good. I mean, it's... Well, you personally (laughs) picked this question. You're like, this is going to be... Exactly. Because (laughs) people, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a very... It's rude and it's disgusting. And I assume the post would be with us, Mary. And then, sadly, it turns out that we're not supposed to correct people. <gasps> yeah. Oh. I know. I'm a little really? upset, too. I don't know, though. I think you can. I absolutely think you can. Well, I think things change. <laughs> I, th- I think we should adopt a strategy of just dropping things in people's mouths. That would be great. <laughs> like aiming popcorn or... Oh, I'm thinking like a know. gum wrapper. Gum wrappers would be good, yeah. Garbage that won't hurt, kill anyone. Like a pull tab. <laughs> Well, what do you think to people who say that the onus is on you guys to turn away from something like that if it's that unpleasant? This morning, I'm in New York City. I was in a subway. There was no turning at all, okay? I was crowded <laughs> in with people eyes. like sardines, yeah. and I couldn't avert my eyes. Mary, you pr- I'm assuming you have a little more space in Michigan. Yeah, but What kind of I situations do, do, do you run into these people where, where you see them well, yawning the in public? One, the one that I think really comes out of my mind, the worst one, was loading on the airplane, standing in the aisle. And in front of me is the guy, I use the term loosely, who's still in his pajama pants, in a slipper. Also unacceptable. Uh, no kidding. No kidding. And he turns around and he yawns in my face. Mm, not and you okay. know he hasn't brushed his teeth. <laughs> and, he says, <laughs> and he says, I can't wait till we take off so I can go back to sleep. Oh. And you see, I feel like that's Ew. when you can just be like, I can't wait till your face isn't in my face. Like, I think, I honestly think that you can be oh, that up front. No, I do. I, I do. I think like a little savage. bit of public shaming can go a long way. I have to say that I have gotten better at covering my mouth because he has made me feel embarrassed for ever even thinking that I wouldn't cover well, my know, mouth. you know, maybe that's a good point. Gosh, what nice dental work. Like, oh, fantastic Gosh, teeth. Nice you got over there on the left. Well, I guess we could do that, yeah. Mary, you sound like a woman after my own heart. You're anti-pajamas. You're anti-public <laughs> yawning. Can you give me one or two more pet peeves of yours? Pet peeves. Well, turn signals, of course. Oh. Um... <laughs> The other thing is not saying hi. Mm-hmm. Now, one of my jobs along the way was working in a grocery store, and people would come up, and they would never say hi. Hmm. And I'd always say hi. And, you know, they'd usually ignore me or, or just begrudgingly yeah. acknowledge me. And I think that's rude. I see a through line in your pet peeves, which <laughs> are the same as my pet peeves. I think the turn signal, pajama wearing in public, yawning without covering your mouth, not saying hi. They're the only people in the world. Like, like exactly. that's the feeling. It's like, you know, oh, no one's behind me and needs to know that I'm about to take a left. 
I'll wear pajamas exactly. because no one else will be embarrassed that I'm wearing mm-hmm. footsie pajamas in public. It makes you just feel like we're, we've kind of lost some sense of community, at least. And so that makes me a little yeah. sad. These kinds of pet peeves get to the point of like slowly unraveling the fabric of our society. Agreed. <laughs> we've lost the please and thank yous, the hi, how are yous, the um, holding doors for people. Except in my case, when I hold the door for men, which I always try to do, they always get so flustered they won't let me. <laughs> and then they get all nervous. And... Um, <laughs> They do. It's amazing. Try it, girls. Try it. <laughs> I do it all the time, actually. And I I also tell them, you know, like, it goes both ways, right? Equality goes both ways. Exactly. It's not a gender thing. It's just being a nice person. Oh, that's a good way to say it. These are a lot of little things and don't have any logical reason why they annoy us. Like, for yeah. me, it's the biggest thing that drives me crazy is when someone doesn't return their shopping cart to the appropriate area. <laughs> I, I have yelled at people at parking lots. I usually do. I usually do. Unless, <laughs> that does not surprise and, me. But you know what? I think one thing, I, I when people wear their pajamas in public, they, they're they not showing themselves the respect they should. Maybe it's a cry for help. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's a cry for their mom if they're wearing footsie pajamas. If you're four, that's okay. Yeah, the only people that are allowed to yawn on my face are newborns and my cat. Mary Bradshaw, everyone. And for the record, I completely agree with her about that last point. Yes, and I am completely okay with dog yawns, too. Aw, poppers. Uh, So on to another etiquette question. This one also involves air travel, but it's less benign. Yes, fortunately, we again had the etiquette experts Lizzie Post and Daniel Post sending on hand to tackle it. Take a listen. The first question comes from Anonymous in Manhattan. Anonymous writes... The company I work for is sending two employees on a business trip to Thailand. One of the employees happens to be my ex-husband. The other is going to be either me or another woman. She doesn't want to go because she has a two-year-old kid she doesn't want to leave behind for days. But if it isn't already obvious, I also don't want to go on an international trip with my ex. (laughs) Who has the better excuse for not going? Oh, I feel so bad for Anonymous. (laughs) The new parent's going to come in on the the side of the two-year-old mother. Yes, Dan, you have a new child. I say, suck it up, face the ex. Uh, The emotionally damaged single person will say, please don't force people into situations with their exes. I think that's like... I like how etiquette is so malleable. Come on. my guess is that your company is simply going to make the decision and whoever yeah. it is they choose needs to be the person to go. And I I would leave it up to that. These are both valid emotional reasons for not wanting to go. Mm-hmm. I would also say that the child care, depending on the, this coworker's home life and work situation and availability of child care, can definitely be an issue. But clearly, this is a job where travel is expected. Yeah. And clearly, the divorce happened and neither employee left. So, you, you know, if people it. are aware of the circumstances in both these cases, your company is just going to make the decision. And I think you got to roll with it. Oh, but the, the nightmare. <laughs> the nightmare. Oh, but. Could you imagine? Mm. Or a screenplay develops where they <laughs> fall in love again, things reignite, they they stay in Thailand, That's they decide true. not even to return to their jobs, and right. they open a mango shack. Mm-hmm. That sounds nice. It could also be a horror movie where they're both kidnapped and are forced <laughs> to like spend two weeks inside a cage or something. I was going to say, romantic comedy or psychological thriller? We don't know. Either way. More interesting than just a week at the office. There you go, Anonymous. Ugh, that's just an impossible situation. I kind of felt for the manager who had to make a choice on this one. I know, right? Everyone on staff here at DPD was curious about what happened. 
And since it seemed like enough time had passed, we reached out to Anonymous. Who wanted to remain anonymous, understandably. That's right. We contacted this listener to find out if the post advice helped. Anonymous very politely declined to have their voice on air, but they did send us a note to share. Here is what they wrote. I'm happy, but also slightly mortified that this became a staff favorite. I'm happy to report back, though, that neither the mother or I had to go on the trip because the company ended up just sending one employee. My guess is that somebody smart in human resources realized the predicament and they sorted it out behind the scenes. Human resources to the rescue! Yes, the silent heroes (laughs) of offices everywhere. (laughs) Though I do sort of wish they took Rico's advice and turned this into the next great psychological thriller of the decade. Ah. Horror films are some of the biggest movies this year. You have Split, Get Out. It's too scary. Just think about it, Anonymous. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. But when we get back, you'll hear some etiquette advice from a listener. And you'll find out what it's like to have RuPaul answer your etiquette question. Ooh. And we're back. This is Christina. And I'm Krista. In case you spaced out, we're still following up with our staff's favorite etiquette questions we've answered on the show. Here's a question that came in for Brendan's role model, Alan Alda. And this is something that speaks to what Mary was talking about earlier, right? Small gestures of gratitude that people don't seem to be practicing anymore. The lost arts. Here's something from Kylie via our website. Kylie writes, My partner and I are aunt and uncle to more than 15 nieces and nephews. And we despair as we fail to get a thank you of any kind for any gift we send them. Our siblings also fail to thank us on behalf of their kids. How do we indicate that in these times of instant communication methods, thanks should be forthcoming? And how do we do this without offending these people? Or should we just give ourselves more gifts? Give ourselves more gifts. I trampled on the gag at the end. That's a good idea. That's okay. Yeah. I think it's, I feel the same way. I think I'm generous, but the one thing I want to return is a thank you, an acknowledgement that it happened. Maybe that's selfish of me, but that's what I want, damn it. (laughs) There it is. So what would your tactic be? Here's a strategy that might work where you enlist the parents who themselves are recalcitrant Enlist them as magical helpers, Mm -hmm. you know, collaborators. What can we do Uh to help Little Mary learned that she should say mm-hmm. thank you when she's given something. Because some people, like me, don't like it. <laughs> You're basically like, listen. I like that. Yes. we. I know that you're a person, sister or brother, who is a good person. Surely you want your child to behave well. Let's work together to make that happen. Yeah. That's a little formal for me. I, I do it like we're already <laughs> cooperating on this great project. That's right. You assume that they're on board. Yeah. yeah. Um, once again, a little bit passive aggressive, right? Because you're kind of saying you know, you, you've raised these feral creatures. I'm getting sick of this instant <laughs> therapy here. Yeah. We are mere radio hosts. All right. Yeah. That was just aggressive. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> we got it. We get it, Al. We've had a breakthrough. We've had a breakthrough. Okay. That's good. So as the digital person on staff, I often post the etiquette questions we feature on our segment on our Facebook page. And we always enjoy seeing what solutions the downloadians... Downloadians? What about just calling them listeners? Hmm, let's go with this for now. 
Downloadians, a.k.a. listeners, will sometimes suggest even better advice. And this question for Alan Alda was no exception. Right. Aaron McAllister commented on our post with a clever idea we liked. So I had an alternate suggestion for dealing with the, uh, the uh, thank you card question. Asked the, uh, the cousins something along the lines of you had heard from a coworker or somebody else that a thank you card you'd sent them had gotten returned with the wrong address. And you realize you might have given them the wrong address as well. Uh, so just seeing, you know, just cross-checking, seeing if what they had on file was correct. Because there actually is a chance that they did have the wrong one. And in the very least, it kind of reminds them, oh, puts a thought of thank you card in the back of their head. <laughs> That's kind of ingenious. Have you tried this before? I've had to do kind of some versions of this. Um, so, for example, I know the people I communicate with routinely, they've got full inboxes. I, I get that. So I may send over an inquiry about something saying, hey, I need to know where this account is and what's going on. And I may not hear back from them. Uh, and I try to give them some time, but if I don't hear back in usual turnaround time, I may reply back on that message or resend saying, hey, you know, have you had a chance to look at this? Was there anything else you were waiting on for me? Because that has happened where they responded back saying, hey, I need this documentation, but I didn't see it. So leaving that door open as well, you know, that's pretty common. You know, it, it, thankfully, it does, I say common. It doesn't happen that often, but it's good to leave those doors open. Okay. Do you think your job has made you a better communicator? This current job, but also I spent 15 years in another role for a long time that had me out in a lot of customers' homes. And and frequently I was having to kind of untangle disagreements about purchases and planning and stuff between spouses. That's hard. Yeah. it's. (laughs) (laughs) But but often what I found was Murphy's Law really comes into effect with some of that stuff. I've seen it where the case where you, you just absolutely think that, oh, my God, they're, they're just they're just taking a dump, you know, on me. They just don't think anything of it. And it turns out it was nothing of the sort. That's really excellent. You know, in talking about this, Chris and I were talking about um, when you give a gift, the intent is not to get a thank you. Right. So is it too much to expect a thank you? You know, this is one of the things where let's let's go with worst case scenario, which the original poster of the question, I think, is already going with. I would look at it that as a parent, you know, you, you, you kind of want to get that point of being thankful across. Now, I readily admit as a kid, I was awful at saying thank you cards. <laughs> and I think that's probably what's what's irritating the person who you know, posted originally was that they just felt like, you know, at this point, you know, why am I even bothered sending you gifts? Do you guys even notice? Do you even care? Right. One way that can definitely get somebody's attention on that is kind of, you know, is, is you start sending just gift cards instead of gifts. <laughs> <laughs> because if they are paying attention, you'll hear about it really quick from the parents. Hey, what happened? It was really cool. Guess what? You know, I wasn't getting any, wasn't getting any thank you cards back. So I figured you guys weren't really noticing. So I figured, yeah, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do gift cards instead. It's easier for everybody. You know, or Ooh. give a donation, you know, give a donation in their name. That's, that's another one. <laughs> that you would know, be amazing. <laughs> that's Amazing! That's amazing. Because someone you can't really get mad at that, right? No, no, no. I, I did. I did that to my sister. I am blown away by the slightly <laughs> passive aggressive brilliance of that. I'm, and I'm also like, wish we had asked how his sister reacted. <laughs> you know, Krista, our senior producer Jackson has a birthday coming up, oh. and I was kind of stuck on what to get him. Ooh, I will chip in. <laughs> Perfect. So, Aaron, thanks for your help. Woo! Also, shameless plug here to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dinnerpartydownload. 
We recently posted a summer party playlist there with 77 songs picked by your fellow Downloadians. Christina, I don't think Downloadians is going to catch on. Let me have this one thing! Well, you can dream. The last listener we talked to was Justin. He submitted this question for RuPaul. Justin writes, What are your thoughts on bachelorette party etiquette at drag shows slash gay bars? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> yes. You know, this is um, this is an important thing. Um, you know, people who live in the mainstream and the status quo think that everyone else is there to serve them. Okay, so um, I, I'm brown-skinned gay man. You know, I do drag. I Early on, I learned that I could do it well and make mm-hmm. money. So people automatically ask me about beauty tips, and I get kids who write me and say, God, I wish you could do my makeup for my prom, or I wish you could do my makeup for my wedding. I'm like, I'm not a makeup artist. I'm an entertainer, okay? And so, but the, the people don't know how to place me in their consciousness. They think, yeah. oh, you must be here to make me look good. That's what gay guys are, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're an accessory for my straight life. Just because your limited view is mm. that everyone's there to serve you and that you're the only person in the world, yeah. it doesn't work that way. But on the one hand, a bachelorette party going to a gay bar, in a way, could mm-hmm. expand their consciousness. But if they're going as a group of girls, it's something, you know, traditionally, and it's not always, but traditionally, they're going as a group of girls as a way, oh, let's go together, let's go together. So that they don't really have to go outside of their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. They could, they're tourists. They a, yeah, yeah. But it's not really saying, you are fierce and I'm going to respect you, for, you queen, for who you are. Mm. It's like, it's like they're are there now. as a party clown. Entertain so, us. So how do, yeah. how, do you, how do you think they should express uh, their appreciation in a more respectful way, do you think? Oh, oh I can tell you in one word. Cash. <laughs> cash. All that philosophy, and it boils uh-huh. down to down cash. Down to cash. And get the money up front, girls. Do it. <laughs> I love this. Great advice from RuPaul. What we did not expect, however, was for this moment to go a little bit viral. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. Uh, Justin, who, full disclosure, works for a company, American Public Media, actually tweeted some of the transcript of RuPaul's response, and RuPaul ended up retweeting Justin, which is basically everyone's dream. From there on, it was written up in the Huffington Post and a few other sites. It was a question that seemed to really speak to a lot of people. Yep. We wanted to follow up with Justin to hear not only what it felt like to have RuPaul give you advice, jealous, seriously, but also we wanted to know what sparked this question in the first place. I think in my personal life, I have, you know, I go to drag shows relatively often and I have experienced large groups of women and bachelorette parties in gay bars and at drag shows. And it had been on my mind just wondering what other drag queens feel because I had seen some queens in my community post on Facebook how frustrating it can be when there's a large group and they're at a table that's taking up the most space and they're not tipping or they're not respecting, you know, the other audience members. And it had been on my mind. I'm like, I wonder what RuPaul and other queens from the show who are relatively famous people now how do they feel about it and it also brings up a larger question of respecting the art of drag you know not only are they there to entertain you but they're also working on their craft and how do you respect that yeah i mean and, and so many of the drag queens they spend all of a paycheck or a week's worth of tips on the next look or the next wig or the next set of heels and perfecting their performance 
and they can't do that without the tips that they get on stage because some of these queens are working for tips and that's it. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people forget. Yes, I think Or so just too. don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's funny too because after both hearing your question and hearing this response, I don't really go to drag shows as a regular thing. And I know the very first one I went to, it was a friend's birthday. Chris, I have uh, something to take you to when you get to L.A. I can't wait. (laughs) Uh, No, but I, I do remember being at a drag show where I just felt really uncomfortable along those lines because the drag queen was actually calling out a bachelorette party who weren't tipping, which, I mean, it was super funny, but it was also like, this woman needs tips. I don't know what's going on. Well, I think it can put the the performers in an awkward situation, especially if they're hosting a show. You know, they want to call them out and they'll make it funny, but you kind of feel the whole bar is like, oh, so glad someone said something. Do you think there's a way that people can be better educated when they first enter a place that's doing a drag show? I think so. I mean, I think so. Something that has also prompted this question is I think since the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, in my community specifically, We have been talking and it's sort of been bubbling up to the surface. What does a safe space mean to us? Mm -hmm. And that idea that a gay bar or a gay club is like church in a way where it's this safe haven still exists. And I think a part of where this question stemmed from was seeing large groups of bachelor parties coming in and there's no one in the gay community with them. You know, it's, it's mm. a big table. And a lot of times the bride to be is, is straight. And then a lot of times her friends are straight as well. And they don't have anyone they can look to and say, Hey, what do I do? Like, do I tip? Do I stand up there? Mm. Do I, do I wait? Do I have to crouch so people can see if there's a bucket? Do I put the cash in the bucket? Like there's no one who is a part of the community that they can look to, to answer the questions. So at a little bit of it is like, well, you don't know what you don't know. But I think that that's a big part of it is that there's no one in the community, in the groups. So it's a lot about being a better ally as well and acknowledging the space that you're in. It is about being a better ally, like recognizing like this space is really important to a large group of people because for some, this is all they have. You know, I think recognizing safe spaces and what it means to people kind of sounds so serious. But in a lot of ways, it's also just respecting the fun parts of going to gay bars, because I also recognize that a lot of bachelorette parties go to gay bars because it's a safe space. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a there's a lot of safety there. And so I think that there is a balance to this. You know, I think that there's a way for folks to be welcome and also allow it to be a safe space for those it's meant for. I'm curious if it sparked any conversations within your own personal life after it aired, whether it was within people of the same community, the LGBTQ community, or with maybe some of your straight girlfriends. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, we're still talking about it, and I'm still going to drag shows relatively often, and then also just like make a point to tip. Lead by example? Yeah, I think so. I don't really know how I can expect it from others if I'm not doing it myself. Make sure you tip well. Yeah. Well and often. Do you have any other tips? Bring your singles. <laughs> Bring dollar bills. Don't. I went to a drag show and someone tried to tip a drag queen quarters and it, that did not go no, very well. come on. Yeah, Those are heavy. I know. See? Where are they supposed <laughs> to put them? They'll fall right out of the dress. <laughs> um, yeah, tip, have fun. Maybe don't take up a table in the front. Let some queer folks sit up at the front. Right. I feel like if you're at the front, you really need to be tipping because you're taking up that real estate. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the front, you're at a table. You know, you have no reason to not stand up and tip. And as a as a person watching a drag show, you go to the drag queen. You don't make them come to you. 
They are working hard enough. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Ah. Walk up into the aisles of the sage and tip the queens. They don't need to come down. They're like six-inch stilettos. Now sissy that wow. Yeah, give them a break. That's basically a superpower. <laughs> well, that's our show, everyone. Thanks for listening to our first edition of DPD's Sandbox series. And please tell us what you think, since now you know we actually read all the emails that you send us. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Dinner Party DNLD, or just send us an old-fashioned email at dinnerparty at americanpublicmedia.org. We love hearing from Downloadians. Had to get that in there. It's going to catch on. Right. Sure. Uh, We'll be back next week with another new episode featuring some of the amazing Emmy-nominated talent who aren't household names, like a costume designer and a casting director. Big thanks to Brendan Enrico for trusting us with the show this week, along with our senior producer, Jackson Musker, and our associate producer, James Kim. The esteemed Emerald Douglas is our intern, and Jake Borsky makes this show. Till next week, bon appetit. Does that even work since we didn't talk about food? Uh, sure. Sure. 